Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Welcome to Craft Heads Podcast, the podcast about everything but also nothing where every episode is something different. This is episode 149, and as Tommy and I are gearing up to our special 150 episode, which we have some ideas, we'll see if we can uh, do something interesting for you there, I have an extra special episode here. This is another uh, one-on-one, kind of like we did with Nabil a couple of weeks ago, and uh, have a really interesting topic to talk about. And this is um, a, a new friend of ours, Sotera's and mine both, that uh, just sort of, we crossed paths together this summer and have become really good friends since. And uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that, but let me go ahead and introduce Adam to the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for joining, man. Hey, no, thank you. Thank you so much for, for having me on your podcast. I'm, I'm really excited, man. This is pretty cool. I had to get that uh, sexy radio voice on here because Adam's got a great voice. We're actually going to save another little part for the end of the podcast to talk about that. He's done some voiceover work before. But um, for, for new listeners, um, the one thing that is common on all episodes, as you well know, probably, is that we have an alcoholic beverage of some kind. And in this case, because I'm sure Adam and I will be talking for half an hour, maybe an hour, um, and we're, we drink fast, especially when Adam's around. He, he crushes the beers. So I got two for us tonight, um, and they're perfect for transitioning into, uh, into autumn because it is September 14th, so summer is officially gone, and I have the Southern Tier Brewing Company Harvest Autumn IPA. It's one of their seasonal brews, and um, Southern Tier just makes – they make great beer, period, actually. Uh, I know Tara's a huge fan because they're uh, from somewhat near her hometown, and we're northern peeps together. So here, have you ever had Southern Tier anything, Adam? No, I have not, man. Oh, dude, but they I've make a killer – to trust your taste on, on stuff like this. They have a double IPA that is just fantastic, but cheers, man. Cheers, man. Thank you again for having me on your show. This is exciting. So here's, here's something really interesting. Uh, we, were, we have a pool where we live, like a community pool, and this summer we spent a lot of time at it, especially more in the earlier part of it. I, I notice a lot of times when I pull in, Adam, I see you there by the pool. So, <laughs> yeah. but they're, they're closing it, unfortunately, for the season. But uh, we met because Tara and I had a friend, Natalie, in town, we're hanging out by the pool, and I can't remember how or why we struck up a conversation. It was probably the big Pokemon floats that we had. That's what it was. The inner tubes, that's yeah. right. And uh, I, I could kind of sense a, a simpatico pretty early on. And it's funny because um, a couple of episodes ago, Tommy and I were just talking about how we're to the point in our lives where I jokingly sometimes say, like, hey, I have all the friends I need. I'm not taking applications. But I'm only saying that tongue-in-cheek when in reality, you know, I'm not necessarily seeking them out, but I, I'm always open to new friendships and relationships because you just, you never know who, what's, who's going to cross paths. And, um, I could, again, I could just tell we were going to hit it off and we started hanging out more, you know, got together for drinks and everything. And now we hang out like a couple times a week. Yeah. You know? At least once a week, you yeah. know, and that's been going on the whole summer. Exactly. You know? And, uh, one of the, one of the coolest things, and I, I have mad respect for Adam on this note is it was only, it might've been the first day that we were hanging out first or second day. Like we were really boozing heavy at the pool. Yeah. We had a couple people come down to the table. We we're just, you know, we're all sharing different booze and drinks with each other. And you made a fleeting comment about uh, your past and something that you'd experienced, which is that um, Adam has been through the penal system. And it made me realize I've actually, I don't think I've ever met anybody who like did like serious jail time. And it is literally, jail, the idea of prison is 
a figurative and literal nightmare for me. Like it, it's the scariest thing in the world to me. I have recurring dreams about going to prison for no reason. Like it's just, again, it's one of my <laughs> worst nightmares uh, along with like tidal waves and uh, airplane crashes. So <laughs> to, to be able to talk to Adam about, uh, you know, he's told me some really good, uh, some really cool stories. Matter of fact, a lot more positive things than I had expected to ever hear, but I guess you can, uh, when life gives you lemons, you can uh, turn them into lemonade, I suppose. So I think so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, Adam, this is going to be a very, uh, for me personally, if it's right with you, a very listening-heavy episode. And I'll, I have some questions I want to ask you for sure that I don't think you and I have ever even spoken about directly. But um, feel free to share as much as you want, and um, you know, and, and we, we'll just go from here. But also, I don't want to summarize somebody's life and say, "Hey, let's talk about this." Um, just give us a, a high brief overview of like, you know, what you, how long you've been out and what you do now generally. And we'll okay. go from there. All right. Gotcha. So I, uh, I have been out since, God, when did I get out? Was it 2012? It's been, yeah, it's been 10 years. It's been 10 years since I've been out. Um, and I was there for under two years. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think you still haven't met anybody who's done serious time. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, so, that's like, fair. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, you know, I just got a taste of it. You know, but that was enough. Um, but yeah, man. So, but the 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 location that I was at, um, because of the of the level of crimes that I had committed, like um, the location I was at, most people were doing you know really really long sentences. So the guy in the cell next to me was doing life plus 125 years. You know, and the guy in the cell above me had two life sentences. You know, so it was it was a uh, and here's me. I've got my ten do three. You know what I mean? But, right. So it was a, it was it was it was a weird. It was weird. It was I hadn't been in that situation either. And and I don't know why I was laughing when you said it was a fear of yours because it's it's mad scary. It yeah. is very scary. Okay. No, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I I can't even picture it. And that's what I sort of one of the things I wanted to ask you about is sort of like misconceptions or myths or unfortunately truths. You know about about that experience and everything. But one funny thing is. I haven't told really, I think there might've been one or two of my friends that I mentioned that, uh, that like, oh, Adam's been to prison before, but I didn't say anything surrounding the circumstances while you were, I was like, if he ever wants to tell you that, then, you know, that's his, to me, it's, it's not my business. But then I could tell they were kind of like surprised, you know, like, wow, you're, you know, you're like really good friends hanging out with this guy. And it, just being very honest, I don't deem what you did as something that's so heinous that like it would scare the shit out of me. If you were uh, if you were a rapist, yeah, we probably wouldn't be friends. <laughs> if you if you had murdered somebody, I would say, uh, well, why did you murder them? You know? Right. What are the circumstances? <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, what uh, what landed you in prison? Um, so I robbed three banks. Um, uh, not and not with like you know it wasn't like Jesse James. You yeah. know, <laughs> I mean like everybody be cool. This not is a robbery. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, man, it was like walking up to the teller and passing them a note, you know, and telling them you got a gun or whatever, that yeah. whole deal. So that's what I did. Um, still really scary, you know, still scary for me anyway. Um, and uh, But yeah, that's what I did. And I did it for money for, for drugs. You know, I was, I was addicted to drugs at one point, and it doesn't really, you know, like so many people have that story, right? You know, I got caught up, you know, early on in the mm -hmm. heroin thing. And then thankfully was out before fentanyl became a thing, you know. Um, but yeah, so I spent like ten years, kind of addicted to, I mean, fully addicted to heroin, and and uh, and you know, cocaine was was on board as well. But that was that was more, you know. I, I hate to say this, that's much more common and like acceptable. You know, c cocaine, whereas yeah, like right? heroin, like 
from what I understand, and I, all I know is from what I hear and in the movies and shit, like if you start, there's a good chance you're not going to, you're going to wind up dead. And yeah, thank God. So when I was shooting dope, this. man, like there was not people dying like that. There was a, a, not a lot of heroin addicts in the city. It didn't seem like it seemed, you know what I mean? Like, um, and I would only hear about a death maybe once a year. And it was usually somebody just being dumb or something. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. people just dropping dead like, like, you know, like that. Um, still really, really dangerous, still a terrible thing to do. But you know, if it, if, if, if it had been, then, like it is now, I definitely would not be here. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, so because everything's like laced with all this whack yeah. bullshit, fentanyl and, yeah. and all this stuff, yeah. right? Car fentanyl, all this garbage. It's killing people. Um, but yeah, man. So I got out of it. Uh, well, I didn't get out of it. I went to prison for robbing banks. You know what I mean? And that kind of took me out of the game. And um, yeah, so so that that's that. that the prison experience, I can tell you. Well, I, I can tell you, prison was uh, sort of the edge was taken off of it because I spent. Uh, four and a half months in Fulton County Jail, which is called Rice Street. That's what they call it. It's a terrible jail. Okay. But in some ways, it's like good because it prepared me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I had some, I guess I'll call them mentors. I guess that's an accurate description yeah. that, that prepared me for prison and told me what to expect. And so... People who were in there with you or... Yeah, people that were in, in, in Rice Street with me that had been to prison, had spent you know years on, in prison you know, yeah. that I became friends with in jail. Um, and they had kind of prepared me, man. So when I got down there, it was really scary, but I felt like I had some kind of like a system already, like a defense system yeah, of some sort. Sure. Yeah. You had like a, a, a crash course in it from them at least. Yeah. Still super scary though. I mean, yeah. because they call you on that bus, man. Like, and it's, they call you at, I don't know, like 1230 at night or, you know, like early in the morning. Right. And so you're not even really asleep yet. And you and they call you down. You pack it up, you know, and you know that you're going to prison on that day. Yeah. You know, okay. So let's let's talk about a little bit about that. I feel like if I committed some sort of crime and I were in court and I were being sentenced and like the gavel dropped and like that was it, and I had to sort of process all that. That's that's like making me terrified just thinking about that moment. What did you think in that moment in your life when you were like? Oh my God, this is real. This is happening. Like I'm, I'm going to jail. What did that feel like? I thought, I mean, what do you mean when I went to, when I got arrested or when, when they sentenced me? Well, I guess when they sentenced you, cause I mean, yeah, you get arrested, you assume that, but you know, there are some, you yeah. don't know how it's going to turn out, but like you got your sentence and you knew exactly I'm going to prison for, I've been sentenced for this amount it's of three time. years. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, at that point I'd been in jail for a little while, so I was kind of already, you know, you know, here, here, you know, this is, see, this I don't is, know anything about this process. I feel this like is a, a real thing, don't. man. Like the one thing that I learned is that a human being can get used to anything, you know? And that's yeah. so, I mean, it's stupid that it took me that to learn it, but you know, it's true. You know, you do, you do jail for 30 or 60 days and it becomes not so crazy anymore. That, that's your life now. That's your life, you know, yeah. you know, so and, and the more you kind of pine for another life, you know, the more pain you experience. So you learn pretty quickly not to do that. You know what I mean? To kind of pull back from that kind of thought process. Yeah. And so by the time I got sentenced, you know, it was like three years. I was like, shit, great. I can do that standing on I my head. Like, well, no, I mean, definitely not. But <laughs> but I thought, you know, I deserve so much worse. What really drove home for me was how much incredible privilege I was experiencing as like a, a white man that was able to kind of you know, advocate for himself effectively, you know what I mean? And who, you know, I don't, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, actually, that's something, um, I, I've talked about this before. I like to get people from all walks of life, if possible. I would love to branch way out. I, I would I would talk to li literally anybody on here, except a 
kid molester. You can go fuck yourself. But yeah, like I just robbed some banks, dude. You know it, what I mean? Like, it, and the funny thing is, when you first said you were a bank robber to me, I would. When you told me, I was like, "Oh, so you're you were a successful bank robber a couple yeah. of times." Wow, <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I guess in that, yeah, on a short term basis, you could yeah, think of it that had, way. Maybe if you'd like quit it too or something, I don't know. But, I don't know. Maybe. Um, where yeah. the hell was I going? Oh, so what I wanted to say was, no judgment. Like we can talk about anything you want, and <laughs> okay. I do want to talk about from your perspective because what the fuck do I know? Nothing outside of the penal system and you know i'm cozy in my my little my ivory not an ivory tower it's an ivory room but uh what injustices did you see firsthand in your experience you know it, it whatever however yeah, you want sure. to describe great that. i'm happy to talk about that thank you for asking that of question course. um so yeah so the the field i work in now is i i work uh i work in the healthcare field as a, a social worker in a clinical setting, right? And I work with acute patients. And, and so, you know, that, uh, that, you know, thinking about inequities in, in healthcare and in the treatment of various populations is something that is really important to me. So the fact that Alex said that really endears me to him even more. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, so let's talk about mental health care in prisons. So there's a pill call, right? And that's like twice a day. Um, it depends on kind of the security level, you know, either a nurse is coming to you with a cart and you're lining up at the, you know, unit bay door there, or you're kind of leaving the unit and walking, you know, a short way to a window in a hallway where there's a nurse dispensing medication, right? That's how, that's how that works. And that happens twice a day. For um, literally like everybody or just yeah, people who, for, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, everybody didn't have to go, but I mean, even if you were prescribed medication, you don't got to go. They're not going to okay. make you take okay. it, you know, gotcha. but, but if you're prescribed medicine that you want to take, then that's your time to go take it. Okay. And um, it's a it's a crazy thing, man. Because so I was locked up with a guy that was doing time for for arson, and he was a young guy. He was in his early twenties, like maybe twenty one or twenty two, and clearly had some deficits, you know, cognitively, right? And they, I don't, I mean, this guy never experienced or never exhibited any signs of psychosis that I could see, like nothing like that. And they gave him Haldol all the time and he would be knocked out. I mean, this is the deal in prisons. They give you like this, everybody almost the same medication. Their formulary is like a few pills, you know what I mean? And Lord knows what kind of backroom deals are involved to get oh, those pills yeah, on the formulary to begin with. Speculate there because you know? I think we already know the answers. So. But yeah, man. I mean, so everybody—it's a one-size-fits-all approach, man. And I've seen guys—you know—they—they're giving them, you know, levels of medication that are way too high for them. That are, you know, they'll be, you know, knocked out against a wall, you know, with their mouth open, you know, while someone puts, you know, their genitals in their mouth. You know, I hate to even say it like this. Oh this can I say that on this podcast? Yeah, can I say absolutely. the G word? <laughs> you can okay. say anything. Right. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> okay. But yeah, terrible things. I mean, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is a really terrible way for this man's mental health to be, you know, treated, quote unquote, you know? So oh yeah, God. that's that's a fucked up kind of thing. Mental health care in prisons in the state of Georgia. You know, does it exist? You know, I don't know. Yeah. Oh my God. So I, I these are things I hadn't even, you know, considered. I, I have this like list of, of things to sort of cover and I feel like there's there's so many things that, that we could go over, but as as far as you know, mental health goes, and like that 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 almost reminds me of like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, like lobotomizing people basically, and then and yeah. then and then we wonder why so many people do fall into like recidivism, and it's like, well, you just put somebody in a cage and drug them for X amount of time. What did you like? Wh why would you expect a different result after that? You know, 
there's I mean there's really not as far as pre, as far as programs in, in in prison in the state of Georgia there's really very little you yeah know what I mean like if you're lucky you might get to a camp where you got some GED classes or something but like vocational training any of that no that's out you know what I mean yeah sure best possible situation you're in prison in the state of Georgia is you get sent to a private prison right like Coffee County which used to be or like there's there's a few other private prisons around. And, and, and in which case you might get to play a little Xbox or eat some McDonald's from time to time or be on mobile construction where you're like on a, a, a prisoner mobile construction unit that travels from prison to prison fixing shit. And you got, you know, you get to kind of eat outside food all the time. But mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, you're warehoused, you're fucking warehoused, you know? See, I don't even, this is like a, a part of a, a bigger discussion and you can give me a much, you can formulate a much more personal opinion than I can. I don't even know how I feel about the literal idea of prison in the sense that there are some people who have proven they are unfit to be in society. So clearly we can't just let them run rampant, but what do we do with them? Like, um, myself personally, uh, I'm a Christian. So like, I don't believe in killing people, even though the human part of me says, yeah, let's like murderers and rapists. Yeah, let's kill them. (laughs) But as Again, we can't just let them run rampant, but putting somebody in a cage is also a very weird concept to me. So yeah. I have this crazy idea of like uh, setting up a prison island where there's a bunch of feral animals where you can't possibly survive, but we just drop you off on a parachute. And then it's like, here, we're not going to kill you, but you can't be with us anymore. Yeah, okay. And, right. and I feel like, you know, thousands of years ago, if you had a tribe, somebody might get exiled and like... That way, you know, they're they're out of that little, that small civilization and they have to fend for themselves and they're probably going to do pretty poorly without having their tribe. Thing is, we have a giant tribe with 600, 300 million plus people, right? In, yeah. in America and then every other country. So, like, I understand why that doesn't work. But how do you feel about the ideas of prisons? Like, do you have any better solution or, like, is it just a matter of managing them in a better way? I feel like privatizing is probably a really bad thing because then it turns into a big profit thing yeah yeah i don't think anybody should be profiting off of prisons at all exactly we shouldn't incentivize people to lock people up that's fucking crazy it is crazy yeah not to mention uh, another part of my my hilarious prison island thing is it sounds like escape from new york have you seen that with kurt russell it's a great movie if you have have not seen that movie yeah go see it so um yeah uh, god carpenter of course another really important thing to consider again is non-violent versus violent crimes. Like, I don't know if there would be a strike system involved or whatever. Like, obviously, something like smoking or or possessing marijuana. Like, that's a completely insane thing to go to jail for, and everybody knows that. And if you don't think that, well, you're just wrong, but that's okay. <laughs> so, you know, what, what do we do? What alternatives are there? So definitely not privatizing, but, like, in the state... You said the state of Georgia particularly is, you know, we have, like, a shit penal system yeah yeah it's terrible it's terrible i mean but but hey it's not louisiana right so you know, and which be, is even worse even worse. yeah who okay. wants to be a rodeo clown that's crazy <laughs> you know what the hell what type of like slave stuff i don't yeah. even understand terrible um i, I don't know man but I, i'll tell you this like we have a 75 percent recidivism rate in this country over five years okay yeah so what we're doing is not working Period. Yeah. So I and, think we can all agree you, on that. Adam, because you're out 10 years and uh, shit, you got out and got your master's, right? That was I after did. prison, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't have any, I didn't, yeah, that's right. What, I, I okay. didn't even have a bachelor's before after that. Speaking, before that. speaking of, I had, this is one of my questions. 
what do you do all day? What do you? I don't even know what happens and when you're in prison. I, I, I just hear like lift weights, you know. But like, what do you actually no, do? They don't have any weights in prison. Can you imagine <laughs> a, giving a prisoner a 25 pound or 45 pound plate and shit? <laughs> that it would be the craziest thing you could do. I don't Make know what so people are thinking. Of, yeah, what are people thinking about? Like that happens. No, no one has weights in prison. You're if you want to work out, you have to. You can. Okay, here's some shit you can do. He, does anybody, I don't know if you, if you know the there's a card thing with a deck of cards. You know, it's a, I don't know all the details too, so to it, but I saw a lot of people doing it. But there's also um, water bags. That's very common to get, but those will get taken, you know, by the guards. Because yeah, presume you could use that as a weapon, I guess, or I don't know. I don't know what you could, what could you use a, a garbage bag full of water for? I I don't think you could swing you one that would be that. big enough right. to hurt somebody. Right, we're talking <laughs> so. about like thirty pound bags of water, you know, like with and the, it's and double trash. Yeah, yeah, okay. Going to swing that, but they take it from you because I don't know why. I guess they don't want you getting too swole. You know? Totally. Yeah. Are most of the guy guards big guys and or gals? I don't even know if prison guards. I got nothing nice to say about prison guards. Well, I. I yeah. don't know why you would. They're obviously. horrible. Yeah, they're horrible. They're and, and in there, they're even ridiculed by police officers. I don't have a lot of nice to say about yeah. them either. But but prison guards are like just like like people that can't even be cops. You know yeah, what I, mean? I, I don't know why. And if there's any prison guards listening to this, which I I don't know if there are or not, I would love to hear from you. But I don't know why you would want to do that. Like, what a terrifying, yeah, terrible job. I feel like just you know what be, the difference between me and a prison guard is. Uh, what I got caught. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That that would make sense, I think. Oh my god. So, what are um what are some misconceptions or myths uh Adam, you know, that like I, I had talked about, you know, seeing guys always pumping iron in movies and stuff. So, yeah, you're yeah, saying that's yeah. mostly bullshit. I think maybe in the feds they might have that still. I don't know. Okay. I, I've never been right, in federal so prison. Are those tiers county, state and federal prison or do I have my whole cuz I, I didn't do any research. I I know nothing about this. It's okay. It's okay. I I uh, I can tell you it's um it, the there's just two levels of prison there's okay. state and federal okay county would be a jail right so uh, if there's a state the state will have a department of corrections you know and then that will be other prison system and then the the the, uh, the feds have their you know I can't the bureau of prisons I think it's called oh, okay and that that's their federal system all right and so yeah there's just two two tiers gotcha and so what about like supermax and whenever you hear those terms so those are security levels right okay. so like you'll have minimum medium close security maximum like you know supermax etc those are just security levels yeah gotcha. so that it's based on your classification which that's based on the crime they committed and then also your behavior you know, so you were state and what right. level security close so that's level five so gotcha. that's pretty high because my my crimes even though i didn't hurt anybody and would not have hurt anybody you know i'm passing notes like all because if it's a robbery and it's a robbery um it, it involves the threat of violence. Right? Yeah, of course. So, Whether or not you were going to or did or did not act on it, like you you said you were going to. I said I was going to, yeah, if you don't yeah. give me this, I'm going to do something to you, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, so that, then, then that bumped me right into, you know, a really high classification and that obviously worked against me. Okay. Um, that as makes far sense. as the kind of people that I was around. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you were probably, you know, like, you know, cake compared to like you're saying everybody that you were in prison with. Yeah, I was cake. That's right. That's a matter of fact. That's what they call me. Yeah, honey Wait, bun. Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> no, no, did, I wait, definitely tried to like, I tried to portray toughness. You know what I mean? You well, have to kind of like, okay, so you got to try, you got to do that, right? Hold you on. Know? That's a thing. So yeah, you go yeah. in, you know, I, I, yeah, I got to talk about one of our favorite shows, Sopranos, whenever okay. Fish Lamana says he goes in, he finds the, I'm, I'm quoting, I'm not making any statement here. He says, I find the biggest, blackest motherfucker I could in there. And he runs up and says, what the fuck are you looking at? Or whatever. So that whole idea of like posturing to make sure that people yeah. know like there are easier people to, to, to pick on in essence yeah. than me. Is that, that's a real thing? Um, I don't think that's really real in prison right now in the state of Georgia. Okay. I, 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 but I mean, that's just, I only have the two prisons I was at, you know, so I can't tell you, I don't know, you know? Yeah. But, um, so my, my take would be no, like the, here's the advice I got to avoid conflict. Mm -hmm. by, this is by my mentors in Fulton County jail. Yeah. You know, shout out, shout out my, uh, my mentors on, uh, <laughs> on the seventh floor. <laughs> um, anyway, but, um, they told me that, uh, don't, you know, mess with punks, which is, this is, I'm sure this is a very, very intolerant thing to say, but let me just tell you, this is what I was told to say. That's not right, but this is just gay men in prison were called punks at that time. Okay. I don't endorse that kind of talk, but that's what was, that's what was being said. Yeah. You know, and don't do that. So don't be involved yourself in any gay relationships. And I guess the, the thought process behind that is because, you know, relationships can bring drama and drama can bring violence. Yeah. And so just, you know, avoid that. You know, people get jealous, I guess. So I was like, no problem. You know, I've got three years, so it's not an issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and there's a whole culture around, like, anyway, I don't want to get into that. But um, <laughs> maybe later off Maybe the air. another time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. So he's like, don't do that. Don't do any drugs and uh, don't gamble. Okay. And. That's I did a little drugs and I did gamble too. a little bit too. I was in there just to be honest, <laughs> yeah. but I didn't do the first thing. Um, and anyway, but yeah, it was, uh, was and, and I think other than that, like is physical conflict inevitable in prison? I would say yes, mm -hmm. but you know, it's not the kind of physical conflict that you can't walk away from. I think in okay. most cases, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, but definitely there is, if, if you were to kind of back down from, from, you know, key conflicts that could present a problem for you later so, you so might, that is a thing you might as well step up even if you know you're gonna get your ass so i don't know about because that because then somebody's maybe gonna have like what you know what's this guy's fucking problem you know yeah. what i mean like like i think it's better to just wait for it to come to you and when it does you know i, I think that's what i was trying to make say. it as hard for them as fucking possible exactly. you know what i mean exactly and yeah. again just put that it's not even necessarily an ego thing but just from a logical standpoint Tell that it, it's sending the message to that person like you're gonna have an easier time beating somebody else up. Like I'm yeah. actually gonna put up a halfway decent fight or whatever. So so by the time I got to prison, I had been in in, in a few fights on, on, in Fulton County Jail, you know, and and I was kind of thinking that I was tough. And then I got to prison, and and this uh, this gentleman that I met, who was probably about the age that I am now, or maybe a little bit older, laid me on my ass so quick I like didn't even realize what happened. And I'm pretty sure he hit me with an elbow in there somewhere. Oh, that's dirty. Sure. But there's no rules in, in No, there's no <laughs> rules. And I was on my back and he stopped and we ended up being friends after that mm. and I was much more cautious about my behavior. That's um that's pretty cool though. So like you were on your back defeated and he didn't Yeah, you yeah, know, I had pulp. my hands up uh, yeah. Okay. And he I mean he held me up, you know. So th there is honor even Sometimes with certain people, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I think it's hit or miss, man. All right. Before we continue, Adam, we got to break into number two here. So this, um, I love me some victory beers. I have never had this one. Oh, I love these I, beers. You know, I, I usually, I have like their monkeys, which are like 9%. They're always oh, those gold monkeys, tart monkeys, whatnot. 
Um, but this is the Victory uh, Fest beer. It's a Marzen. So basically, it's a Victory Oktoberfest. Oh, man. So, thank you so much. Cheers, man. Heavy, heavy autumn and Halloween vibes here. This is, ooh. Mm, wow. This is a really nice chaser of what we just drank because the, uh, you know, we didn't talk about it. I feel kind of bad. We can cover both beers now. Um, the Autumn IPA from Southern Tier was very good, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge IPA guy. I like IPAs here and there, but I would rather focus on variety in terms of what I drink. And um, Marzen's, we probably have had fewer than five on the a handful on the podcast, if that. So we can add this to the repertoire now, and it's, uh, it's really good. I'm a big fan. I just want to say that I, I think both of these beers have been incredible. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, this second one is really something to sink your teeth into. It is. It's it's like a meal. It's very uh, savory. So, yeah, by the way, it. the Southern Tier was six point seven ABV, and the Marson from Victory is a five point six. So, a little that bit lighter. Good. But all right, Adam, what else do we have here? So, sorry, man. I, I know I can. I can be no, no, no. Winded just, on some of these questions. No, we're not. Uh, this this is Craft Heads is not is seldom a very structured thing. I love the the natural way that conversations tend to go. I think that they make for really good conversations. These are just more of a guide, so I don't forget to ask things. But um, what about, all right, what about gangs? Is there, like, real gang activity? And, you know, here Definitely. Like, like the Aryan Brotherhood and shit like that? Is that real? Uh, yeah, that's real. Um, I, I don't, but there's definitely other types of gangs are more prevalent. Um, and in Fulton County at the time, um, there was a gang. I'm not going to say the name of the gang because I don't know how active they nope, still are. No, please don't. <laughs> but I definitely irritated one of the, I don't know all the gang hierarchy stuff, but me being a little bit, you know, brash sometimes, you know, in a foolish way. I've learned a lot since then, but at the time I was much worse. And uh, I irritated one of the big homies of the blankety blank gang. And, um, <laughs> you know, Supposedly, my life is still, you know, on the line. I don't know. Oh, know? my God. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, I don't even know how high Big Homie is. It doesn't sound that big. Right. I was thinking OG was the big thing. Okay. Is Big Homie good? Do you know? I have no idea. It doesn't sound that impressive to me. No. I have... I have I'm I'm actually going to explicitly say no comment. Okay. You know, Blankety just blanks if you're out there. I'm still alive and I'm prospering. <laughs> Cheers to Adam. Um, I, I don't... Uh, is it... Are they mostly based? Again, I only see know what I see in movies. Are they based a lot on race? Uh, do you sort of segregate yourselves in that manner, or that's a thing? Yeah, I yeah. don't know if that's necessarily related to the gang things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just was not plugged into the gang thing. I get it. But um, but there's definitely like yeah groups, and I think those groups are largely defined by race. But is there inner? There's definitely intermingling, though. It's not that. You know, I mean, I had friends, you know, I learned, I learned a lot of Spanish when I was locked up, you know, so that was cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. And I had, you know, I had black friends and I mean, white friends and, you know, hillbilly friends and city friends. And, you know, I had a few friends that I hung out with and they were, you know, it was cool, you know, and, and that was it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Like if, if I was, if I, if, if I saw like a black gentleman get in a fight with a Hispanic gentleman, it would not be uncommon for a whole lot of other Hispanic gentlemen to kind of come out of nowhere and just and back, back their, their yeah. friend. That yeah. happened. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I was I mean, not involved, but I saw it. Sure. Um, you know, we we touched on this earlier and didn't really go into more detail about the literal day to day. Seriously, I mean, there's there's 24 hours in a day. Presumably, you sleep eight. 
How, how long are you locked up in, or were you locked up in a cell? And did you have books and or TV or, you know, cause there's a lot of narrative about prison in, in, in our country, at least only because I'm, I'm exposed to it about, you know, how cushy and, and easy it is. And for some prisons, that probably is the case, but some, I'm sure it's not maybe like the ones you're telling me about in Louisiana. So like what prisons are cushy in I, America? I don't, what is that? I, I don't know. Like probably white collar ones. Okay. So you okay, went, yeah. White collar federal camps. Absolutely. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, to be fair, if they didn't do anything violent, that's one thing, but like there's also, you know, the, the violent versus nonviolent argument. Okay. Let's say you assault somebody and go to prison and, um, you hurt that person, maybe even broke a couple of bones, but outside of that, you didn't hurt anybody else, whatever. What about like a white collar guy who siphons the retirement savings out of, you know, thousands of people like you objectively did a net greater amount of damage to civilization, like society, you know, at that yeah, point. Yeah, totally. so, it, so it's that, that disparity is, is huge. But, um, Back to that initial question, like, did you have to spend a set amount of time in your cell every day, or like, how does that work? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to be in your cell a lot. You know, they want you in there. You do. They're doing a lot of counts and stuff. That's a regular thing. I mean, they got three shifts a day, and they're going to count you at least twice per shift. So that happens all the time. Um, and then you're, yeah, but I would break out of my cell all the time. Okay, so you mentioned that. Well, yeah. What's that even mean? I, I, I don't know what that means. I, I hear the words. Yeah. But, like, how do you break out Look, of your man, cell? I told you, people can adapt to anything. I adapted yeah. quick, you know. I was like, <laughs> show me all this chain gang shit. I want to know how to be how to be chain gang, <laughs> you know. And, um, yeah, man, so they, they uh, I got trained up, you know. I leaned into it. I was just, it's crazy, right? It just seems insane to do? me that in 2022, well, this was 2012, 10 years ago, and, and then three years prior to that. So we'll say late 2000s. Like, I don't even know how a jail cell door can be picked oh, or broken. Okay, out. all right, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to tell you that. That's okay. easy. Okay. Um, so just, just to be clear, everything I'm saying is really me speculating on a person I used to be. I'm, it's really weird. It's like I'm talking about somebody else's memories, I'm but sure they're in is. my fucking head. I'm sure it is, brother. So anyway, so here's the deal with, with breaking out of the cell. Um, so it's like, it's like um, what's that movie? Shawshank Redemption. Oh, it's yeah. like bars, Beautiful. like paint peeling off the shit, you know, like the fucking steel toilets, you know, it's just, I mean, very, that's what yours looked like. Yes, it looked like that. It's, I mean, really oh, old and scary. Tonight. I mean, people like, bro. When I first got there, I had my net bag in my hand. I had my mat under my arm, and there's, I'm looking down the range. You know, the rows of bars down either side, and there's, it's two tiered. You know, there's nothing but bars, and it's far, and and there's people looking down the range at me with their fucking mirrors and shit. So that's a thing. That's real. That was the first thing I saw when I got to the unit. Are you kidding me? That's so real. Oh, my God. Terrifying. Now, when you get to your permanent camp, it's more likely an open dorm. And that has its own terrifying, you know, <laughs> facets of it, right? Yeah. Anybody can sneak up on you and stab you in the middle of the night, <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, so you get, the, it's just bars, and they're on, like, a track. And they close, and, and they lock. But if you take, um, like, a to- like, a toothbrush and snap it in half, Right, and then peel a little bit of paint, some of that peeling ass paint that's everywhere off the wall, and wrap it around this toothbrush so it's the same color as those bars. You can press it on the bottom of the frame, right? So that only the top of the frame will will, will latch when they close these bars. Ah. So then you've got a a, a, a a you know bars a, a bar door that's only halfway latched, latched at the top but not at the bottom because you've put this old toothbrush to block it. Yeah. 
So then you grab it near the bottom and you just start rocking that bitch, man. You pull it off and pretty soon it just pops right off the track and you open it up and you go play cards with your buddy on the other side of the range. So it it is largely innocent in the sense that, you know, you're supposed to be in your cell and you get out and that's the kind of shit you were doing. For me? Like, of course. For a guy like me? Yes. You know? You literally were out there socializing. Yeah, I would. That's all I would do. I would oh break God. out of my cell, and I, I was bored. You yeah. know, I'd go over there and, and and play cards with my friend and talk to my buddy Fleetwood. That's doing life plus 125. Fleetwood, if you hear this, man, I'm still thinking about you, bro. Oh, dude, that, imagine. <laughs> I Last I heard about him, he was on Smith State Prison in Reesville, Georgia. I hope he's doing all right. Wow, that that is unbelievable, Adam. Um, I know he ain't out because he told he told me he would escape if he could, and I said Fleetwood, if I if we were escaping together. And I fell down, and I reached in my hand, and I said, Fleetwood, would you help me? And he said, no, <laughs> because that would mean you didn't want to escape that bad. <laughs> I like it. I li- that's a good answer. Fleetwood was hilarious, man. He taught me a lot of shit. He, he, he one, told, one time he told me that he, uh, he, he didn't want to be, he, he had been propositioned by two hookers that wanted him to pimp them out. He wanted, they wanted him to be their pimp, and... I feel like that's that's kind of its own honor, right? You know, it is. It most definitely. I is. felt like it was. You know, I was like, wow. You know, and they he said, but I told him no nah, because you know I don't have a car, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would, but I don't have a car. Right. That uh, it really tripped me out. I was like, Fleo, what do you mean? He said, well, I just figured like my my circumstances weren't that good and my business wasn't that good, so I probably shouldn't be in charge of their their business. I was like, damn, Fleo. Well, so like the like the the thoughtful pimp. Like the, but he wasn't a pimp. He yeah. wasn't a pimp. No, I know. He, yeah. he like had a conscience. He's like, right. I, I, I can't in good conscience accept this I right now. I cannot pimp you out properly yeah. at this moment. <laughs> yeah. Maybe later. Right, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah, That's I don't amazing. know. I hope. Yeah, I love that guy. I love it, dude. Yeah. Um, what else here? So where are we at? I'm checking out the time here. We are okay. Around. We're at, we're at 40 minutes, which is good. So uh, we can definitely cover a few more things, Adam. Um. What do you, so you, I, I, I talked about rehab versus recidivism earlier. You are, I don't want to call you lucky because I, I do believe that people are ultimately. I'm very lucky. Well, and we're going to get to that part. But I'll say as far as once you got out and what you did with your life, like you, you're, you're as upstanding a guy as anybody I know, Adam. And maybe there's more stuff you haven't told me. Maybe we'll get to it one day. I don't know. But I think you're living a great life. And I love knowing about what you came from in your past. Some just crazy shit that I would say the average person can't even fathom to who you are now and what you do and like the good work that you do with your life. Like the stories you tell us, yeah, they're hilarious, but I'm also like, my God, he's hopefully making a difference in these people's whose lives are insanely fucked up. Like, even maybe in some cases worse than, than yours was earlier. Oh, on. yeah. Way worse than me, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, it, um, well, this is cathartic for me. I pre, you know, this is like talking about prison and all that stuff. Like, as casually as I talk about it, it's not a part of my life now. You know what I mean? Right. This is old as it's, fuck. It's so, an like, experience that you had 10 years ago. Yeah, it's a different person, yeah. right? So, but, but talking about it and, and being able to kind of express some of these things even 10 years later. I mean, it helps me, so I appreciate it. So well, thanks, thank you, man. Thank, cheers to that. Adam. Cheers to that. So let's. You said you were lucky. Let's talk about what that means in the sense that, um, and, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I think you probably felt that you got a really easy sentence and got off, you know, and, and got out sooner than you should have, maybe compared to yeah. other people. So talk about that. 
Okay, so there's a little more to that. It wasn't just like they saw me as a white guy and they were like, oh, shit, you know, we're going to give him three years. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, it wasn't yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, what really happened is I got, when I was in jail, there was a, a, a unit there for people that had substance use problems, right? So I filled out an inmate request and was lucky enough to get transferred there. And the um, guy that ran that unit, um, I'm not going to say his name, but he was, you know, he's a cool guy and he helped me out a lot. And he was a involved in, uh, he was a Mason. He was involved in this Masonic shit, right? I don't know anything about that. Wait, a Freemason? Or yeah, that, okay, right. Gotcha. But not the Scottish right, the New York right, which is more of like the I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not qualified to talk about this. Neither much, am I. But I just want to say that sounds cool. Right, yeah. sounds cool. <laughs> you know. Anyway, so he was a Mason, and turns out my judge, Judge Marvin Arrington Jr., right, who was no, he's still living, but he's not doing well. But he gave me a, he gave me a chance. So shout out to Marvin Arrington Jr. <laughs> and um, they happened to go to the same lodge. You know, this guy that ran this unit and saw that I was, you know, a kid that needed help, you know, and, uh, you know, not a kid. I was in my mid-20s, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like, I was dumb. I was dumb. Yeah, you weren't a 16-year-old. It, that's still a kid. It's a kid to me now, of, you know. Yeah, but you're right, not like the... Right, super, not a child, right? No, like, no. like, you know, if I... If, you know, right, obviously it's crazy to think of me as a kid because I was a full-grown man responsible for his own decisions. But but yeah, so this man kind of advocated for me in, a, in in an individual setting with Judge Judge Arrington, and um, Judge Arrington actually sentenced me to drug court for bank robberies, if that's even believable. Now it turns out, drug court won't accept you for crimes like that. It's not even within the standards of what drug court will accept. I don't even know what that is. Drug, drug court's like an alternative sentencing program that you know some like you know metro counties have. Okay. You know, um, I think even Cherokee might have one, but. You know, if like if you did a crime related to drugs, you can get in this alternate sentencing and avoid some hard prison time in exchange for drug tests and some supervision and accountability, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. then after a certain amount of time, you know, you're, you're good. So I got sentenced to that. Um, and, and that was just as a result of this gentleman, you know, advocating on my behalf, you know, and that was really, really lucky. And uh, then it turns out drug court wouldn't take me because my crimes are too serious. And that's when I got re-sentenced to the 10 do 3 But I knew enough at that point to know you know, I'm already catching a break. So I just took it and that was it. And, and can you, absolutely. Can you also explain to the listeners 10 do three? I, I, you've told me loosely what that means. Can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah. So in, in Georgia, a 10 do three is kind of like parlance for, um, 10 years of a sentence, right? But three to serve confined. So that balance, that seven year difference is going to be served on under supervision of some sort, you know, like, Probation. Uh, probation. Right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So you are, you are a free man. I'm free. I don't have anything. Matter of fact, I I filled all my my paperwork out for a, a pardon last week. Um, I won't be eligible till June. Wow. Of next year because X amount of years have to you know pass between finishing your sentence and, and applying. But yeah, I've I, I filled all my paperwork out and I've got everything ready to uh, apply for a pardon, which would be official forgiveness from the state of Georgia. Dude, so, this is so. You said it was cathartic for you. I'm, I'm like feeling a little emotional over here. This is this is unbelievable. The timing too, like ten years. This is we just got past it, and you're just now. This is a huge part in your life. Well, yeah, I mean, I have a kid, you know, and I want, you know, and my child is older. Is 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 she's about to be nine this month? Later this month, and I, you know, I, I have to explain this stuff to her, you know, completely soon. I have to have this discussion, and I, I wanted to have. Um, the kind of ending as like, you know, evidence that, that you can really turn things around, man. Even, you know, you can turn things around. E e even if you're, if, no matter what it is, you can start 
today and you can just start trying to do something different. You can try, try to change, you know? I mean, I believe that like even that 1% a day is, is so, so worth it, you know? And I'm not, you know, discrediting all the incredible amounts of privilege and luck that I experienced, but I got a lot of opportunities as a result of those things, but I really feel like I, I at least try to do the best I could with those opportunities when I got them, you know, regardless of how or why I got them. Adam, that was, uh, that was really powerful. And I, I agree with everything you said in the sense, in, in the sense of, you know, if, if you're, if you're doing the, anybody listening to this, like it's never too late to turn things around, whether you get to a point that Adam was at 13 years ago or something far less or something in between. Like, um, I can't possibly try and top that. I, I don't even want to. I honestly, it was so beautiful. I kind of just wanted to be like, all right, that's it. It's a wrap. <laughs> but can we end with a funny story at least? Because it was, here's the thing. I, I know a lot of my listeners are going to just love this story and I just can't get you, I can't end the podcast without you doing it. So <laughs> concluding the, um, the, uh, the jail and, and, and prison conversation part, uh, we will end with a funny story because Adam only just shared with, with Tara and me, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, a hilarious gig that he picked up and not too long after he, got out of prison to make a little bit of money. Can you tell the listeners about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, so I, when I was, I just gotten out, I was living in like a halfway house. Right. You know? And, um, a lot of the people there had been there, had been sentenced there as an alternative sentence. So they were like, they hated the place. And I, I was, I just come from prison. So I was like, this is great. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a you resort. Know, I'm, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to have you mood, you know? Yeah. And, um, so uh, they had, they had you had to get a job after X amount of weeks, and so I did that, and I got a job at McDonald's, and I was working in the drive-through. How old was I? Like 20, 27, I think. And um, I'm working in the drive-through, and this this guy is coming through the drive-through, but I thought it was a woman because he had kind of a high-pitched voice. I'm just going to be real, and Phil, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, bro, but your voice is a little, a little feminine. All right, it just is what it is. <laughs> not it's implying not, anything. It sounds bad feminine. about you, dude. You know, you're cool and tough and all, but I'm just letting you know, like your voice is a little androgynous. Um, so he comes through, and I, I said, "Ma'am," to this guy because I thought it was I've a, done that shit before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, whatever, no big deal. You don't mean offense, not just, at all. No, God, are you no. kidding me? No. Dude, he just sounded like a woman, you know? I'm yeah. trying to be polite. And I've learned now. But he uh, he pulls up and he's got, this is like, he's like a, probably like 50-year-old, you know, short, you know, I don't know if he's Italian or what he is, but he's like kind of a swarthy dude with like kind of slick back hair and a, and a goatee. And he's driving a, a Mercedes Roadster, you know, a nice one too. Yeah. Like one of these, uh, you know, I don't know, what's what are the high-end Mercedes? Whatever it is, he's got them. I don't even know. Off the it top was of my nice, head. man. Why is he eating at McDonald's? That's the big question. He was getting the oatmeal. Though. You oh. know what I mean? <laughs> okay. He's getting the classy option <laughs> That's for hilarious. breakfast. That's good. Yeah. Right. He's getting the oatmeal. He likes the oatmeal. All right. Phil, the oatmeal is a good choice. <laughs> so he gets the oatmeal, and he's got a very young and very attractive black woman in the uh, in the car beside him. So I was like, wow, this is a heck of a pairing, man. Really stunning young lady. And um, he pairing. he hands me. He's like. Who was that on the thing? Called me a girl. I was like, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not even That's me. But I just I don't know what to do. I said, I'm sorry. So he goes, you got a cool voice, man. He goes, give me a call. And he hands me a business card. And it's just black. And it says, I might still have it. But I think it says, it said Rico on it. Right. It's just not his name. Yeah. <laughs> his name is Phil Rivera, a.k.a. TT Boy. 
Okay, that's his porn name for those of you who want to look him up. TT Boy. All right, I met this man and worked for him. Yeah. So anyway, he pulled through the McDonald's and, and gave me his card. So I gave him a shout. I'm in the halfway house. You know, of course I'm going to call this. Oh, I I forgot. This is the important part. So at the halfway house, there was a lot of homeless guys or men currently experiencing homelessness who were selling things in the parking lot to us, to the the, the halfway house residents. And they'd, you know, go steal shit and sell it to us. You know, I'm not above buying some stolen shit, you know, especially that, when I... Yeah, what, what the fuck? That's, at that point in your life. That's some small time stuff. It's right nothing. There. You can't even think anything yeah. of it, you know? And, uh, like, cell phones and stuff was the main thing they would sell us. But, you know, one time this guy was selling a bunch of porno tapes, apparently. And I get back, and my my roommate had gotten one of these porno tapes, like a VHS tape, and was watching it in the room, <laughs> you know, and just watching it. And that's just, I guess, at that point, didn't seem that strange to me because I just come from prison where men just jack off in front of each other, you know what I mean? That's just very <laughs> what are you gonna do? normalized yeah. there, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, really weird. Um <laughs> nothing gay about it what are you gonna do I mean, yeah man hey what's up i'm jacking <laughs> come back later <laughs> yeah man but uh so my buddy's watching this porno he had some friends over to watch this too and they're and, and i'm like son of a bitch i recognize that tattoo and it was a bicep tattoo of of you know whatever it was just is a happy or a smiley face like um have a nice day tattoo <laughs> except it was weird because it had a nose <laughs> like those smiley faces don't have noses. So in other words, if you see that, you know it's this guy. Fuck yeah, of course. <laughs> Why would it have a little nose? Yeah. You know what I mean? On your bicep, too. I don't, it's just really bizarre. And I'm like, I fucking met that guy today, and he gave me his card. Rico. <laughs> you know? I'm like, that's not his name, though. And then I found his name right then. Right. You know, and then everybody's really interested in, you know, in this story. But so I called Rico. I called Phil, a.k.a. TT Boy. And, um... Went to work for him, and he had a product called OG Buddies. And I'm plugging them right now, OG Buddies. If you could find one, that's a collector's item yeah. at this point. I, I forgot to look the other night. i got to find the one. Well, I'll let you, you finish. You can't look. I've looked. It's okay. not, you know, you'd have to really be really good with your Google stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, you have to, I don't know. I heard they're popular with gay men, which I'm just happy to have any popularity with anybody at this point. <laughs> right on. You know a, women, I mean? a W is a W, man. That's right. You exactly. take them and get them. Um, and so he goes, yeah, I got this project. He was very hush hush about it, you know, but now I can tell you, like he, he, um, had seen the movie. I think it's Ted. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Okay. <laughs> he see Ted and, uh, he, he had thought of the idea of having a, a, uh, a stuffed bear with a dildo attached to it that one could fuck <laughs> if one wanted, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so he want and these dildos that were attached to bears could, could speak. If you would pinch their hand, there was a chip and they could talk and Phil wanted me to record the voice for one of these things. You know, yep. he was really close to having me sign a non-disclosure, you know, and for, let me tell you what happened when I walked into Phil's office. Okay. Because Phil had a <laughs> large rubber ass on his <laughs> desk, like a huge ass, like anatomically correct with holes, but it was just an ass. No other part of <laughs> And I, I just, you know, walked in and I was like, I pointed at it, kind of chuckled. I was like, what's that? And he says, that's an S. You fuck it. Genius. Like, oh, okay. Brilliant. Like, should I right now? Or what, what have I walked into? Do you? Yeah, anyway, whatever, Phil. Phil, you're, you're a real character, man. But I really enjoyed getting to know you. So, and also when we were driving down to the recording studio where I recorded the voice for one of these bears, he asked me, what the penalty is for possessing crack cocaine in the state of Georgia. 
Not sure. I told him I didn't know. It's like not not all criminals, you know, have this right. <laughs> command of drug laws. I remember <laughs> asking him, I was like, do you, owe, do you owe any kids? And he goes, he thought about it for a second and said, not really. <laughs> <laughs> What's that mean? I don't know, man, but I still puzzle about that comment. I don't know. <laughs> so we get there and I'm half it. I'm getting this recording studio in Decatur, man. I think it's primarily used for, you know, various like, you know, rap artists or, or whatever. I don't know, man. It was just, it was a sketchy spot, you know, very low, <laughs> low, low, low price, you know, <laughs> budget, <laughs> budget, budget That's studio. Right. And I get, but I'm, I'm like, shit, you know, I'm in a halfway house. I'm in a recording studio. This is cool. And then he gives me these lines and I got to say them over and over. So here's the line. Make sure you put this right into the mic. God, all right. Because it's good. All right. So my character's name was Young Freddy. And uh, here's what I had to say about 15 or 20 times in this microphone in really weird ways while Phil stared at me. Howdy, ma'am. Are you hungry? Well, how about you try some of this Texas tube steak? It's delicious. You know, and I had to say that, man. And I don't know if people were pressing that, and you know, I don't know. I don't know what was going on. You might, you might still to this day be making somebody's day. There's really no way to know. I hope I am. I, you know <laughs> what? Right? I hope I am. That's a good thing. That's a positive thing. I've I don't had, care who it is. Yeah. Can I add? I've had a lot of partners. I think you know, as young Freddie. Yeah. Yeah. I've been very promiscuous. That's true. You've slept with like I'm a real dozens slide. and dozens of people. That's right. And there was a female one too, but I can't remember what her name was. But you could, you know, fuck her if you wanted to. Wow. If you find one, I actually asked to get one, but he uh, he tried to like make me pay for it. <laughs> I was like, I was dude, I, I just gave you the voice. You can't like comp me one. <laughs> Phil, I see what kind of guy you are. I see why you're recording porn in Georgia, not California anymore. Let's talk about that OSHA report, Phil. <laughs> Okay, now this can't be topped. We can end it on that top note. Um, Adam, thank you so much for doing this, man. This has been, uh, it's been a treat in more ways than one. It's been very uh, eye-opening and interesting and funny at times. And I just want to say cheers to you and everything you're doing now, man. I'm glad to call you a new good friend of ours. Yeah, I really like you and Terry. You guys are really neat people, man. I'm, it's, it's cool to be your friends. Appreciate that, man. Cheers. Check, check, check your mic. Check your mic, syphilis, one, two, three.